2021, a Pennsylvania dad and a pro-life, pro-life activist pushed, his, pushed a man, uh, uh, an abortion uh, escort, who was insulting his son, though the local authorities chose not to bring charges, the, the federal government sent a squad of 25 uh, FBI agents with guns drawn to arrest him. Uh, the, although he was, and the, and the, the federal government pushed for an 11-year prison sentence, but a jury acquitted him. In 2021, uh, as a result of the uh, Roe v. Wade reversal by the Supreme Court, a vandal <clears throat> attacked a church in Bellevue, Washington, and uh, vandalized the church. He uh, attacked a, a church worker there, uh, painted vile graffiti on the walls, and then fought police and uh, damaged a police car, resisted arrest. The federal government uh, recommended three years probation and no jail time. Uh, last, just last year, a Manhattan parking garage attendant was, uh, confronted a man. He was, he was charged with guarding a parking lot. He confronted a man who was peering in windows. He thought it was a, uh, a thief, and he asked the man what was in the bag. The, bag, the man drew a gun in the ensuing fight. Uh, the, the parking lot attendant was shot in the chest, uh, but managed to turn the gun on his attacker. Uh, but a, there was an arrest made and charges against the man, uh, not the would-be thief, but the parking lot attendant. But, uh, so what... When I read these things, I become incensed. I think you might too. And so I get filled with a, just a cold hatred at, at the lawlessness and the wickedness and, the, and I'm sorry to say the people that are per- perpetrating this. So imagine my dismay when I recently read in, in Matthew twenty four twelve that the Lord says, and because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. But Jesus said, the one who endures to the end will be saved. Uh Uh-oh, I said to myself, I'm in that category of growing cold. Um, And at the hatred, a cold hatred, uh, Lord, Lord, how can I change? I I need to know what's going on here. What, What do I need to know about this? Well, in, in terms of where we are in the Lord's life, uh, it, it comes right near the Lord's crucifixion. The disciples had come to Jesus privately saying, tell us, what, when will these things be? That is the time of the end. And uh, what will be the signs of your coming? And, and what, what will be the end of the age? Uh, all of this is in Matthew 24. In the, Lord, in the following passages, the Lord lays out what must happen, how we must act, and what the days will be like before he comes. It seems impossible to follow all this, but we know that the one who rose again uh, is, can empower us. We can't do love these in our own strength, but thanks be to God, we know the one who can 
This is where I'm going in this message, and it's the parable of the wise and foolish virgins. We'll find it in Matthew, actually, 25, 1. Brothers and sisters, the Lord tells us that this, in this lawlessness and wickedness, here's what we face. It's coming. It's here. Uh, but the Lord expects us that our love not grow cold in it. Um, we're not to be violent, uh, to hate the ones who are so violently opposed to the things of God, even though they're gaining cultural power in our, in our society. Praise the Lord, the parable of the wise and foolish virgins can give us help. Hear then the word of God. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, they all become drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a cry, Here is the bridegroom, come out and meet him. Then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, since there will not be enough for us and for you, go rather to the dealers and buy for yourselves. And while they were going to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to to the marriage feast, and the doors were shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, Truly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. Let us pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, please send your spirit. Thank you for being with us already in the worship and in the teaching time. Lord, we ask that your word would penetrate our hearts. Do its work, Lord, to make us more like our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, what is the Lord illustrating in this challenging parable? Let's re- uh, to revisit the context in uh, setting, the Lord has been describing the last days, what they will be like, and then how we should act and what we should do in them. Uh, he's had a glorious ministry of teaching and preaching. And now is just a day away from his crucifixion and three days from his resurrection. And they're asking, Lord, what, when you go, what's it going to be like? What do we do? How should we act and behave in all this time? Please tell us. And he says that in this time, in the midst of this, one of the signs will be the lawlessness of the age. Wickedness will increase. In fact, he says that these days will be like the days of Noah, Matthew 24, 36, 39. Quote, But concerning that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. For as were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day when Noah entered the ark, And they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. 
In the days of Noah, they were eating, drinking, marrying, and giving in marriage. But what prompted the Lord's judgment was from, we learn in Genesis 6, uh, verses 5 through 7. The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth, and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. It was a lawless time, an unsafe time. Imagine uh, walking down the street was, was at your peril. Uh, it was a time when men and women were full of hatred for God. I don't know if you've seen the display at, uh, at the ark, but that kind of depicts it well, that it, it's an awful time. It was an awful time. Uh, hating authority and hating people full of unbridled wickedness and the Lord says it'll be the same for us in that last days the apostles verify these are the last days for example the apostle John says 1 John 1 18 children it is the last hour and if you've heard that antichrist is coming so now many antichrists have come therefore we know this is the last hour. In other words, the Lord told, told us the time would come, and here it is. But we don't know whether we're in that last hour, but are we quarter past, are we at half past, are we quarter till? We're not, we don't know. We, no one knows the day or the hour. So what do we do in this time of lawlessness? Is there any answer? Praise the Lord, he tells us in that same passage in Matthew 20, 40, 45. Given all that's going on, here's what he expects. Who then is that, Matthew 24, 45, who then is the faithful and wise servant whom his master has sent over his household to give them their food at its proper time? Blessed is that servant whom his master will find doing when he comes, truly I say to you, he will set him over all his possessions. But if that wicked servant says to himself, my master is delayed and begins to beat his fellow servants and eats and drinks with drunkards, the master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him and in an hour when he does not know and he will cut him to pieces and put him with the hypocrites. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. In other words, the Lord expects us to be faithful to our appointed tasks. There's all this going around us. What are you to do? Be faithful. Uh, it's, it, it is, it's aimed to pastors and leaders especially because he talks about the leaders who are charged with feeding the master's household. Um, and that would valid influence, inference go to Sunday school teachers, all kinds of teachers, parents and children, all those charged with feeding others with the Word of God. And uh, our duty, why it's valid to uh, infer all our duty, we, all the duties He's given us to do, we should be doing in the last days. That means loving those who despitefully use us. Uh, we all, don't we all know that we were also lawless enemies of God until he bestowed his grace on us in Christ Jesus. Yeah, the Lord is saying, yes, this lawlessness is distressing. It vexes your soul. Don't worry about what the world is doing. Remember, vengeance is mine. I will repay. 
We need to live like a people set apart whose hearts do not grow cold despite all the lawlessness around us. In fact, he doesn't want us backing away in fright from when the wickedness is advancing, but says to us, as he said to the Israelites who were facing the giants, you shall not be in dread of them, for the Lord your God is in your midst, a great and awesome God. One more from Isaiah 51, the Lord says, I, I, even I, am he who strengthens you. Who are you that you are afraid of a man that dies and of the son of man who is made like grass? Uh, And have forgotten the Lord your maker who stretched out the heavens and laid the foundations of the earth. Praise the Lord. So in this lawless time, Am I going to let the lawless ones uh, set my agenda? Am I going to let my love grow cold and wring my hands? I remember a day when movies were clean. And you, couldn't, you, you, you didn't even need to lock your doors at night. Well, that time is gone. And I don't know if it was ever really here. But we like, I like to think it was. But the... Uh, but, uh, but how much clearer could the Lord make it? When this time ends, we're in these times, you be faithful. Lord, it is so hard to do so. I'd love to love my enemies, but, uh, but, but um, what's going on in my heart that prevents me from loving my enemies like I should? Well, one, my rebellion when I'm told to love Kim, King jo- Kim Jong-il who, and pray for him, who's throwing my brothers and sisters in prison, and having them tortured just for naming my beloved Savior's name, and uh, I'm to pray for him, uh, it's hard. Ah, my self-centeredness, number two, uh, when I'm asked to uh, carry the Roman soldier's burden that extra mile mm, doesn't sound too good I'm not, I'm not too crazy about that and how about the government agent when he comes and says wants to shut down my church because we're praying we're proclaiming holy standards that the culture says is hate speech and can I love that government agent how about my desire for vengeance I know um Within my heart lies an untamed desire to see the wicked and the lawless get theirs. Of course, that was before I was lawless and wicked. Um, why do you think I was glued to the, to the, to the movie um, Taken and watched it like four or five times? My complacency is another one. I, I could care less about you wicked that are advocating so hard for abortion Someday, yeah, you're going to get what you deserve. So I'm, this is what, I'm, what we fight, brothers and sisters. These, uh, these, these this, that rise up in our hearts, these attitudes. Thankfully, the verses in the parable of the ten virgins show us how we can overcome the chaos and the coldness that we often find in our hearts and actually do what he's commanded us to do. 
why, first a word about parables. Why parables? Why didn't the Lord just plainly speak? Why, why, why lamps and, uh, and virgins and wise and foolish virgins? He, he's following the content, uh, continuity from the Old Testament. The, the prophets, uh, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Daniel, Ezekiel, all used parables. Why? The Lord wanted to speak to those who they were he was speaking in sermonically often those prophets did but then uh, the people weren't listening anymore so the, the Lord uses parable he tells us why and I'll read that passage but he shocks the faithful remnant he, to, into shocking them out of their uh, comfortable ways of sin and back to faithfulness to himself and it's often a parable that can help penetrate our cold hearts. Um, the, while the function for the majority was to announce judgment, it was also to enlighten and help the faithful remnant. Listen to Isaiah 6, 8 through 10. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am, send me. And he said, Go to this people, keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the heart of this people dull and their ears heavy, and blind their eyes, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn and be healed. So parables are meant to deafen and blind the majority, but to awaken and even shock the faithful back to faithfulness. In Matthew 1310, Jesus tells us why he used parables. Then the disciples came and said to him, why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered them, to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For to the one who has, more will be given and will have an abundance, but from the one who is not, even what he has will be taken away. This is why I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see and hearing they do not hear nor do they understand. Indeed, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled that says, and then the Lord quotes that passage from Isaiah 6.10. I'm going to read it one more time since it's been a little while since we heard it, and I want to get it fixed in mind again. This is the parable of the wise and foolish virgins. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. When the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a cry, Here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, No, since there will be not enough for us and for you. Rather go to the dealers and buy for yourselves. And while they were going to buy, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went in to him to the marriage feast, and the doors were shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, Truly I say to you, I do not know you. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. At first glance, it seems straightforward. He's speaking about his second coming. 
and his church's readiness to meet him. Those who were, uh, and when, and the point, when the bridegroom actually arrives, it will be too late to prepare to welcome him. But does anyone think the Lord is, is talking that, okay, we need to run out now and, and buy uh, uh, first century lamp, uh, lamps like they had in Jerusalem and get a, a wick and a, and a little can of oil, make sure we got plenty of olive oil to, so when the Lord might come, we'll be ready? Well, he's using symbols. And so what, does, what are the symbols? What do they mean? I, I'm persuaded that what we, our best guide to what the symbols mean is to see how the symbols were used in the Old Testament and New. Let Scripture interpret Scripture. As for the virgins looking for His coming, I'm persuaded they represent the body of the visible church, the confessing members of Christ's church. As for the wicks and the candles, the Lord says in Proverbs 20, 20 verse 27, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. In Psalm 19, David says, For you will light my candle. The Lord my God will lighten my darkness. What about lamps? In Luke 11, in a parable, in a passage we're all familiar with in Matthew, uh, the Sermon on the Mount, no one lighting a lamp puts it in a cellar or under a basket, but on a stand, so that those who enter may see the light. Your lamp is the your eye is the lamp of the body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is full of light. But when it is bad, your body is full of darkness. In Revelation 1, verse 20, we hear the Lord explain very plainly the vision to John. He said, the lampstands are the seven churches. So he's speaking to us symbolically to penetrate our hearts and minds. Maybe we we have heard the sermon, but, but we need uh, pictures. Like, uh, we need an intervention. You know, when people were, uh, there was a time years ago when young people were going into the cults and, and so forth, like the Moonies, like the Hare Krishnas, back in my day. And um, the... Uh, parents would stage interventions. They would do something and sh- to shock these young people uh, who had been sort of brainwashed back. And so the Lord uses parables that way to bring us uh, back into reality. And, and to, this is quite shocking, isn't it, that, that the uh, ones without oil would be banished? And as for oil... The Old Testament is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. Uh, we've heard, we know the Lord anointed the um, prophets, priests, and kings. Uh, they were anointed with oil. And the Lord himself says, The Spirit of the Lord, in Isaiah 61.1, is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. Acts 10.38, You know of Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him, with the Holy Spirit and power. So, for God's people to have oil in their lamps is to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit, doing the things He's called them to do. Uh, putting it all together, then the wise virgins be the ones who have the Holy Spirit in their lives, who shine as lights 
because they shine with Christ's life empowered within them. It's not us, but Christ in us that shines out as we hold forth the word of life. We must possess the oil of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, to when the bride come, bridegroom comes, so that we might enter into the chambers. That means also, and I'm, I'm, I'm standing under this word, to pray for the lawless ones who spitefully use us, who seem to be advancing to new heights of control in our culture. Are we the lamps we're called to be shining on them as they despitefully use us? But there's more to draw out of this parable. Uh, We need to touch on the anguish of the ones who aren't ready, who don't have the oil. But first, at first glance, the how about the wise virgin? Doesn't it has it struck you ever? Well, that's kind of selfish, isn't it? By those wise virgins. Why didn't they share their oil? I thought that. But the lesson is clear. It's not from fellow Christians then we can, that we can get the oil. It, this is, comes only uh, from our, our own seeking the Lord. Uh, just like we can't be grandfathered in to the kingdom of God, we must be born again, each one. There's no, you've all heard it, there's no grandchildren in the kingdom of God. We go to the, the king directly to get the oil. And that's, it's only him, he directly who uh, pours out his divine life. But imagine one of the virgins not ready when he comes. So their lamps hanging down, they're dejected, um, and they, they're in despair. They thought they were friends of the bridegroom. And they were all set to go to the banquet. But now they see, oh no, there's a catastrophe. And I'm not doing a justice to what they're going to seem like when, what's be like them when they realize they're not invited. But it's too late, too late. You can't enter now. You're excluded. Now you've learned the dreadful truth and you've lost your opportunity forever. And when the, when the five foolish virgins open their eyes, no one will be more surprised than they. Maybe it was a gradual process. Maybe they, their lamps burned brightly for a moment, but the cares of the world smothered it. Oh, they meant to study the Word. They meant to be in fellowship. They meant to serve God's people. They meant, they meant but uh, it was such a bother. They neglected to get the oil they needed. Um, they didn't have sense to be ready for his coming. They meant to get sustenance from his word and fellowship with his spirit, empowered by his spirit, but again, it was such a bother. Dear friends, keep your lamps trimmed and burning. There's only one way to do that. Go to him continually. Be with him and fellowship with him, fellowship with his people. 
worship in praise. And so doing nothing is, is, is just a sure way to quench the Holy Spirit. In order for us to save vital and ready for his coming, we must gain sustenance from his word and uh, be empowered by his spirit. Thank the Lord. We, we can't do it our own, but he's provided. There was one who could. He did it. He, he was raised again, and now uh, he's provided a way for us to have it. Amen. Well, what, what does that look like, by the way, um, having your lamp full? I give you, and this is an example, Paul and Silas in Macedonia. As you know, in the account in Acts chapter 16, Paul in a dream, the Lord spoke to him, said he saw people saying, come over and help us. The Holy Spirit clearly directed him to Macedonia. And while there, he, he, was, he preached the word as always. And uh, the Lord opened the hope heart of Lydia. So he gained his first convert. In the meantime, he was preaching daily and a, a slave girl kept following him saying, uh, this man knows the way to the most high God. It must have been, I thought well, that's, well, what's wrong with that? Uh, but it was annoying. It was, it was the wrong spirit. It was something really bad about it. And he finally, Paul, and it was annoyed. And he said, told the spirit to come out of her. It was not a, the spirit of God. It was a uh, contrary spirit. This same spirit was making a lot of money for her masters uh, in divination. And once that girl, once that young that girl was delivered, they had lost their source of income, as you recall. And they took uh, the matter up to the magistrates. They they grabbed Paul uh, and Silas, beat them with rods, put them into prison without trial, uh, placed their feet in the stocks. Uh, just think about that for a minute. Um, how not only are you uh, terribly beaten and sore and hurting, but then they have the indignity in this cold, dark prison to be put having your uh, feet in stocks. And if you've ever been stretched, I mean for a few seconds that way, uh, you know what torture it is, and, and to be there for hour after hour is, is unbelievable. So there they are, and what do they do? They start singing hymns and praises to God. So um, what I'm saying is their lamps, they knew how to have their lamps full uh, of oil. And when the, when the Lord responded by sending an earthquake, uh, the, the, the chains fell off, the doors were open, and uh, the jailer saw what woke up, saw what happened, was about to kill himself. Now, in my own strength, I think I would have said, you know what, jailer, you really enjoyed putting my feet in the stocks. I think I'm going to enjoy this while I watch you put that sword right through you. But that wasn't what Paul did and Silas. They, they had still had the love of God for this man, and they said, uh, don't kill yourself. We're all still here. And, and, and the, the jailer, the Holy Spirit came upon the jailer and he said, what must I do? And then you know the rest. He, he, um, he did come to faith in Christ. He took them home, fed them. That's what it looks like to be 
filled with the Spirit. And what will that day be like when he returns? 1 Thessalonians 5.2 says, For you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying peace and safety, then sudden destruction will come upon them. And in Thessalonians 2, 7, 1 through 7, the Lord, the apostle writes, And when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, inflicting vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. In summary, brothers and sisters, the sum of all this is that the lamp of Christian life, life is sustained by our fellowship with him and our being filled with his Holy Spirit. And it must be continually replenished. In the introduction to this sermon, I ask a question. How can we avoid being like those whose hearts grow cold at the lawlessness around us? I hope you see that we cannot do it in our own strength. But there is one who could and did. When the wicked lawless ones put him to death, he prayed, Lord, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And now, through faith in him, empowered by his spirit, we can keep our hearts from going cold as well. In the book of Revelation, in his letter to the Ephesian church, Christ tells the church that he walks among the golden seven lampstands. He tells them that they... uh, he, loved, he, he knows their deeds, their hard work, their perseverance. Uh, he knows that they have endured hardship and they've not grown weary. They're a faithful church. But he says there's one thing that he rebukes, for them, he rebukes them for. Um, he warns them that they have abandoned their love they had at first. And he warns them that if they... Uh, he will come and remove their uh, landstands if they don't repent of their lovelessness. I'm coming to you, says the Lord, and I'll remove your landstand out of its place unless you repent. In plain talk, I'll shut you down. And that's exactly what happened. The church of Ephesus, after a while, faltered, and it's not there. No one even knows where it was, it's gone. Brothers and sisters, let us be instructed by this parable of the ten virgins. We want to be like the wise virgins, but our lights and flicker. Let us go to him continually to be replenished, which is his life through us in the Holy Spirit. Take heart, saith the Lord, I have overcome the world. I'm sorry, I'm not going to go 45 minutes. Um, This is it. This is it. Okay, but I want to pray. Lord, we pray this morning that you would fill our cups with your spirit and help us stay continually filled, serving, loving each other, praying for one another, especially those who despitefully use us, and the lawless ones who want us to shut up and go away. Help us speak to ourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs like Paul and Silas. 
Lord, we know that the only way to obey you in this and in every other matter is to keep ourselves open to your influence so that you might pour your power and glory and holiness into our open hearts. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, uh, Now rise for the benediction. Now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forever. In Jesus' name, amen.